Brandt had a bit of space for himself. Brandt, and what a chance! It's finished by Mukoko! Of Dortmund masterwork. It is a piece of Meisterwerk! Adeyemi into the area, rounds the goalkeeper, and it! A one-man counter-attack! Coming straight back with Marlon! Over. Hey, welcome back to the BVB podcast. My name's Jake, joined as always by Carver. Uh, it's been it's been a, a bit because uh, in the I wanted to say off season, not the off season, the winter break. Uh, we did kind of a, a combined episode with Dortmund Dispatch. So if you haven't heard from us in a while, you might have missed that episode. But we're back now, and a lot, a freaking lot has happened, Carver. But first of all, before we get into it. How are you doing, man? How's it going? How was your time off? I'm great, thanks. We do have a lot to cover, and only there was one competitive game of football in the past month. There's still a lot to talk about, so it should be a fun show. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. Currently in vacation work mode. Working in... I'm not in vacation mode, really. It's all work, but I'm I'm working abroad in Florida. <laughs> not abroad. I don't know why First I said day of preseason for St. Louis City. Yeah. Or second day, I guess. The first day was rained out, or did you just... It got tornadoed out. Uh, didn't get to actually <laughs> practice on the field <laughs> because because tornadoes, but uh, we're all good. Started today, yeah. Um, as we're recording on uh, Monday night. Tuesday night? I have no idea. Tuesday night, yeah. Just alone in a hotel room right now, so I don't know what's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Anyways, let's, let's get into... Let's talk some Dortmund... Of course, we are going to we'll talk about the Darmstadt match uh, coming back from the winter break. Got a couple signings in there, which we were kind of, we. I mean, we talked to Sancho a lot. Uh, we were hoping for Matson. They're both in uh, those winter break friendly matches. Uh, we'll touch on those a little bit. But first, uh, real quick, Vatska. This has been, I mean, he's been a, a big topic of discussion. We talked about him a lot when we were on with uh, Dortmund Dispatch. Uh, I liked how the guys, we all just gave him a rating, like how, or what rating he should get. And we were all pretty negative and down. And and then shortly after that episode dropped it, it felt like we got the news that Vatska has announced his retirement um, at the end of 2024. So it, it, he's not going to continue his contract into 2025. Um, and I think just like quick thoughts is, I mean, most people were saying there's a lot of people who've been saying Vatska out, Vatska out, Vatska out. Um, and it's like, oh, cool. We, we got our wish. I do think we, it, it is important to note. Um, and the I'm just shouting out a lot of podcasts, but we we love all our podcast homies. Gig Impressin with Menel Veth. Uh, they they kind of went in depth on everything. They did like a Dortmund in-depth episode. So it's a really good listen, uh, even though it's I think it's been out a couple weeks. But they kind of talk about Vatska and I mean, the good reminder, especially if you're a newer Dortmund fan like me, like I've, I've been here a few years, but remind people a lot, like it's okay if you're just coming in. Vatska did so much for the club uh, in getting them out of really bad financial times, kind of saving them from having to go into bankruptcy. So even though last couple of years, last year specifically, it's all been Vatska out. Got to give him some credit for uh, getting the club through really hard times and maybe or his, his welcome a little too long, but now it seems like there's going to be a change at hand. 
Yeah, so he's going to retire in 2025, if I'm not wrong. So that'll be 20 years of the club because he was appointed as CEO in 2005. And yeah, I mean, he made a lot of changes at the club to get us out of that financial crisis in the mid-2000s, got us out of debt, uh, renamed the Westfalen starting into Signal Iduna Park. Of course, that's not that's so, much, so much as a positive, but again, doing the necessary money. means to keep us afloat. And yeah, I mean... We'll see who the next one is going to step up for uh, for Vatska. I mean, it's it's the end of an era, and of course, a very competitive era for Borussia Dortmund as well. I mean, I'm, I haven't been a fan um, near as long as as, as Vatska has been CEO of the club. So, I mean, I I can't speak too much on in the history, at least in depth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm necessarily sad, but <laughs> I'm not sad, but I don't mind. Now I can be reflective and having learned like everything he, he did for the club, uh, like the financially, as we said in the past, like, I mean, two weeks ago when we were on that, the podcast with Dortmund dispatch, we were all just like ranting and, and raving and going off. And mm-hmm. I mean, I did that on, I think our last episode too of the year, I kind of went off and now it's like, okay, now that the time has come or the time is coming up, uh, it's been set. It's like, okay, cool. I can, I'm not as, frustrated anymore and i i kind of like that it's not a hard break like even if everyone was vying for vodka out now i i like that there's kind of time to find uh like a predecessor and maybe get the hopefully get the right person in to uh to really take the club where it needs to go which is what i think is, is like financing the like the sporting looking more into the sporting side and really giving a uh putting an emphasis on how do we perform better on the sporting level and not just uh, this financial level. Uh, so hopefully the time will, will lead to uh, getting the right, the right person in. Yeah. Only time will tell. Um, and then we can talk, I mean, like we said, so much happens. Sancho Matt Matson, um, but real quick preseason, we had two friendly matches versus AZ Alkmaier. Alkmaier from uh, the Eredivisie and then Standard Liège uh, from the Belgian League, if I'm not mistaken. I, I'm blanking. Uh, <laughs> I think they're in the Belgian Pro League. Um, and so watching those two matches, I think, Car- Carver, did you have a chance to watch these matches, first of all? Yes, I watched... Okay, now I'm getting them mixed up. I watched a good amount of both of them, but I can't remember too much. At least there wasn't that many takeaways that I felt for very positive in those two games, despite the energy being up whenever Sahin arrived. Uh, if For those of you that hasn't heard, uh, since the arrival of Bender and, and Sahin training has seemed to be you know a bit more intense, a bit more involved. Uh, I, I did watch the full training session, and this isn't to answer your question, but I did watch the full training session. I think it was the second one. It might have been the first one. And Sahin did a lot of work with build-up, trying to minimize long balls but you did still see a lot of them in those two friendlies yeah and i think i i think a lot of people probably tuned into these friendlies more than normally like because just the excitement of of getting binder and and sahin in um because i mean the talk was like they're kind of just going to run this thing and terzic is just there we, we didn't really know how that was going to go and I mean, off the so I think you're a lot, and we heard there were like reports and or stuff was coming out on pressers about oh they're working on playing out of the back and and trying to be a little more intricate and and not just long balling it and I mean the hope like you can only do so much in 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 so little time like 
you didn't really see that. Like, like you said, I think the, the first friendly, at least like we looked pretty dreadful. Uh, and it, it's just going to be like a slow process. Like it's not going to be a, a quick turnaround, especially when, again, like these guys are assistants, like it's, it's, right. they are going to help a lot, especially like that's what you get with assistants too, is like kind of strategizing more. Like it's more of a, not just one guy in charge. And I think that's been the discussion of, of, uh, Terzic anyways, is, is he more the man manager and then tactics are from somewhere else. Uh, but anyway, like things aren't going to change that quickly. Like I think we were expecting it to look a lot better and it didn't. Um, we went down 2-0 pretty early in that first friendly match. We were able to come back and, and draw 2-2. Two two, but I think at that point also, like we made a lot of changes, um, but they, they made a lot of changes too. So I don't even think it would have been what they would consider starters. I like, I don't know the AZ that club that well at all, but I just saw a lot of like higher numbers on the back of jerseys, which just tells you they're not really the, the standard go-to starters. And that's when we got back into the game. Um, and then yeah, standard Liege kind of, kind of the same. I think you saw a few better things, but I also think we rotate a, a lot differently. It, it was hard to get a, a gauge on, on how we were going to play and, and lead into, uh, the Darmstadt m- match. But before that, I, just talking on preseason, one thing I really want to hit on before we start talking about the loans and the players we got in is we did see Ian Matson, uh, who's now on loan with us, start against Darmstadt, which we heavily needed because going into preseason, we we know our our depth at fullback is non-existent, especially now with price. So I apologize. I keep saying preseason. I just mean that little off-season, <laughs> little yeah, winter yeah. break. Every time I see pre- say preseason. But Ben Zabayini is off at the Africa Cup of Nations. Also randomly in the first match, I haven't been keeping track, but in the first match got a brace and I think an assist. So he was balling out a bit, which is, I guess, good to see. I don't know if he'll be able to replicate it, but Benza has gone is what I'm getting at. Rearson uh, injured. And so we saw Bueno, who plays left back for the first or second team, excuse me, um, start in the, the first friendly match. And then he goes out injured in like the 60th minute. So... <laughs> That just leaves us with, I think, playing a second team center back at left back, which just shows you like, like what what is happening. So like, thank God they actually got Matson in, and of course he started, even though he I think had only been at the club maybe trained twice, and had to start and played a full ninety minutes. And thankfully he didn't get injured either. Yeah, he was thrown into the fire straight away with very limited amount of training sessions. We were hoping to have him done and into the team even sooner. Uh, but just I, with the negotiations with Chelsea and, and it wasn't just exclusive to them too. The Sancho deal was delayed a bit too, with just, uh, you know, the respective clubs just being hesitant in those deals. But yeah, shout out to Matson for his performance against Darmstadt. I mean, he's obviously a very promising player from the small sample size that we had here in this game, but his athleticism, his crossing ability, his tenacity were all very, very impactful. And you could argue too, that's, Pretty much all the qualities that we did see from him are lacking in Benzabayani at the moment. Not saying Benzabayani doesn't necessarily have those. Well, I mean, he's obviously not near as athletic or anything like that or, or his age difference. There's differences there, of course. But Benzabayani can have moments, but Matson is showing already that he is here to help us improve in that department. Yeah, and real quick on the these two signings, Loney's, um, just the deal, if you haven't seen specifics, um, Matson. I know the hope was to like be able to get him with a buy option. I don't think that uh, officially went through. He ended up signing uh, 
uh, per Fabrizio Romano. He signed an extension with Chelsea, which doesn't seem like upfront. That doesn't sound good, especially if this is a player we actually want to sign. Um, but I think part of signing that extension was they added a release clause where since he's on loan with us, we kind of like there's not a buy option technically, but we kind of have first dibs at buying him. And now there's a set release clause that makes it a little easier because we would just have to pay that, which I believe is 35 million? 35 to 40, if I'm not wrong, which would be in the same range as Hilaire. I believe I can't remember exactly his number, but it'd be in that record breaking range. And I, I guess like the. Like ideally, I I don't like the like short term loans. Like I I don't love it when there's not an option or like, and that price does seem pretty high. But I think like if we get down to the end of the season and he keeps putting in like good performances, right. like we we have one taste. Like this can you can't get too excited from one. Like I liked what I saw, but you can't get too excited. We have to see six months of, of performances, and if they're there, it's like why not pay it and like. If it's working out, if it's working with this the system, like just pay them the money, keep them here, keep them in the system, rather than maybe like trying to find someone on the cheap, uh, who you're just kind of starting over again is, is my take. But yeah, he's so sign that extension. Now there's a release clause. We kind of have first dibs to to activate that release clause. Um, and, and at this point, it's like yeah, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. But I, I say if it's it works the second half of the season, then I would like to see him stay. Uh, and then real quick on Sancho too, I think we'll, we'll talk more about him in depth a little bit in when we're talking about Darmstadt, which we're about to get into, but just hitting on his deal. Um, I believe it's no buy option. It's just the, the six month loan for man United. Now, now that we've seen him play, like this is all, all different, like before seeing him play, right? Like before it's like, okay, like we would like the option to buy if the price isn't crazy but at the end of it, like before we seen a play, it's like, okay, it's weird not having the buy option. It kind of benefits Man United because say he comes back, he plays, he performs, then they can sell him to whoever they want um, for for more money or, or whatever. And, and we're just out and we don't have him back. That's the, the bummer about not having the buy option. Um, but say like he didn't perform well or he didn't get onto the pitch immediately. It's like, okay, we just gave him a, this space and environment to re to regenerate his his career um but now i mean we've seen him we've seen him deliver <laughs> right off the bat so well one thing's for certain is he wants to be here he's mentioned multiple times now on and off the pitch and just the very short time he's been back is just saying it's felt like home it's felt like a homecoming everyone here is has been so supportive and kind to him vatska has completely gone back on his words with his quote when he was saying like i wasn't you know i'm Sancho has never had any sort of problem uh, with his behavior or anything like that. And I'm not sure where or who invented that given very similar words have been said by Vatsko whenever Sancho was initially out the door a few years back, but either way, uh, he's just, it, it is clear that he wants to be here and, and that gives us a little leverage, at least in the sense that I don't think there's too many clubs in the world that are a going to risk a potentially higher fee for him. And also just, I don't know if he's going to click at another club at least near as much as he is with us. So that makes me feel a little bit more hopeful given the deal didn't pan out. I mean, from a business perspective, exactly how we wanted to begin with, but there's still some time to negotiate, obviously. And we still have to see him get back into hundred percent fitness. And of course, sharpness as well, which I'll talk about more in a bit, but yeah, the, and I mean the positive signs as far as like 
us actually receiving a, a player who can have some output and some contribution to the second half of the season, which I mean, we need um, is, I mean, we, we saw him play. He's, he's match ready. Clearly, maybe not a full 90 minutes, but he was ready to play and he did. And he uh, got an assist. Um, but there were positive signs, I think in the first training session, I mean, Dorman did a whole big rollout, bunch of video, bunch of hype around this session. But then you also heard the quotes as far as like, he's, we didn't know what to expect fitness level wise. And he kind of blew us away with, whatever we were expecting we we're almost we're i like that they kind of set the bar low and then we're we're blown away and obviously enough that yeah he made the squad and he c- contributed um in the the darmstadt match so do you want to get into that start talking about the match yeah let's do it so we had three nil victory first game of the 2024 calendar year which is of course a very convincing scoreline great that we got a win great that we started off with a win hopefully we can continue to build on that However, the performance from the team until really almost like the 80th minute was pretty routine at this point. I mean, Dortmund continued to be very slow and uncoordinated in possession, particularly in the structure of their buildup. And while they looked defensively sound for the most part in this game, Koble and his, you know, just almost inhuman, uncanny like reflexes prevented what could have been a very different scoreline and even result on Saturday against the lowest team in the Bundesliga, Darmstadt, who sit, again, bottom of the table. I don't have it in front of me. Do you know exactly how many points they have? Oh, I have yes. it right here. Excuse me. They have 10, ten points. <laughs> yeah. Just one less than Köln and Mainz with two wins. I mean, I, I want to look at this match as a big positive. And it, it is good to start the second half of the season with a win, with a 3-0 win. Um, but yeah, like this should have been fully expected. And I think the worry is, yeah, how the match started. Um, there were some positives from this, but yeah, there's that worry. And, and, and maybe those last like 20 or 10 minutes, maybe that will be enough to like help motivate the guys to keep going. But yeah, it's, this is a win we should expect. We're going to talk about Colin a little more later, but like we, we should come out the gates flying here anyways so we need to make sure we're putting on uh, the next match specifically like a full 90 minute performance so there's still definitely some worry um whether i don't know whether or how the the second half of the season is going to go based based off this performance right and let's let's get into the lineup real quick because there's definitely some interesting selections here so we have kobel and goal obviously you have matson Starting at the left back again, first start for Dortmund. Only a few training sessions while he since he's arrived at the club. Schlotterbeck and Emre Chan as your center halves, which Terzik explained after the game that the decision of putting Chan in front of Sule for this game was because of his presence, his heading power, and his pace. But, but if you were to take not even a few seconds to think about that quote, of course, those same qualities can be arguably even more so can be attributed to Sule. Uh, but my thought is is Chan is just captain, or he has been captain for the majority of the of the season so far. He has more leadership qualities. Sule has mentioned when first arriving here that he isn't much of a vocal player. Of course, he said he is working on that, but Chan is obviously a bit more of a presence. I guess you want to use that word vocally. But yeah, interesting that Sule just... Uh, I don't know if interesting is the right word. Maybe sad that Sule just cannot find a way into this team given... He came here for that reason, being convinced that the club was going to use him properly and, and him be a you know consistent uh, 
major role in the team, but that just seems to not be the case really even against the worst team in the league. Yeah, it's 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 really weird to play. And I, I think it is the captain thing. And and I don't know, if, is it to try to... I, I haven't heard anything. I don't know if he's like losing respect, but is it just trying to maintain or solidify his, his captaincy? Like, are they trying to back Chan a little more? It, it, like put their faith in, in him. Like it just doesn't make sense to like, we've, we've seen him at center back before. And every time we're like WTF, why is why? Um, and I, I do got to say he almost like performs better whenever he's improvised as a center back. I mean, he's had, he's had a more than a handful of really solid performances in the back line. So I'm not trying to come on to him too much. as just like the head scratching decision by the coach. Does he just need to be a center back? I mean, we kind of need the depth. So <laughs> No, we definitely need a progressive. Well, I'm not saying Chan is a progressive, but a some sort of midfielder that can help with you know being press resistant way more than a center back at the moment, in my opinion. But let me, let me get through the rest of this uh, lineup because I've only got to the back uh, the back well, line. Wait, real quick, I do want to say real quick while we're on the back line, mm. and I forgot to mention this talking about the preseason. Because um, one one thought too is it's a thought I've had all season is Sule is he's he's on the bench to give us that option at either center back depth and right back depth. But mm-hmm. we also saw um, Wolf on the bench, which obviously he's played right back a lot and Moray back. I know he's been on the bench a few times, but we did see him um, play, I think a full half uh, in the AZ Ockmer game, which was really good to see. Um, and he, he was on the bench as well. So it's like, you don't necessarily need Sule as a depth piece there. If you have those two guys back, but I think the, one positive thing from the winter break. Uh, I mean, there's a, a, some positive things, but I, I really enjoyed seeing Murray back and it, it, it's, he's been out so long. So that was just a positive thing to see. Yeah. Goes to show you the integrity that Moray has to continue to fight to try to get back into this team. But midfield of Brent, Ozchan, Sabitzer, and then you have the excuse me, the attacking trio of Malin and JBG on the wings and the full Krug uh, being the focal point of attack here. So, yeah, some interesting selections. Game starts again, very familiar to what we've, you know, been seeing for the majority of the season and um, so far, pretty much all of it. Still a lot, again, a lot to be desired when in possession. Koble continues to single-handedly almost carry this team the majority of time of the time. This, this team has a lot of talent, but just the issues are self-inflicting wounds that only are only decaying more and more as time goes on. In my opinion, I mean. Players in midfield are, again, when we're talking about the structure of, uh, of this team, particularly in possession, the players in midfield are static in the buildup, especially when man-marked. And I, this is no secret. I've mentioned this on the show plenty of times before. When a team wants to man-mark and press us, we don't really have an answer whenever trying to progress the ball at the field. And when we are able to progress the ball, it's almost exclusively through individual brilliance or some sort of very nice, which again, probably still falls in the same category, but a nice touch from Fruel Krug to link up with, you know, wh- whoever uh, with his back to goal. And Dortmund had a single switch of play according to FB ref in this game. So, it, you know, we have the width in this team. Of course, we have like some striker winger hybrids and that comes down to Rose's recruitment and Terzic as well. I think they both usually play pretty narrow, but we still have width, but we just don't use it. And I think that really hinders our ability to, you know, form some sort of build-up play for this team because it continues to be a really big worry for us. And you have a player like Gio Reyna who can really help 
with this in possession and you know with his slick movement his on and off the ball uh, his ball progression and retention and his just his overall ability to link up play with other attackers but the same concerns you know that we've discussed with him you know before uh, hinder him from being like a guaranteed starter in this team whether it's his body language you, you know can act up at times we saw this in this game as well his lack of work rate uh, against the ball too so a lot of it comes down to recruitment in my opinion is is what I'm trying to say is just you know we need more players who can be press resistant who can put in a hard shift against the ball in the midfield and and can help us progress I don't know if Mecha is that man I mean he should be for the money that we spent on him and Terzic, you know, shoehorn that move in despite being against the club's core values and the fans overall general opinion. And I don't think he's that man, but he should be given just everything I mentioned. And um, last thing I'll say just about the midfield and progressing is just, I'm hoping Ch- Sahin can help in this department. I mean, not just with being an example to learn from with the player profile he was when he was a whenever he was a footballer, but also just recruitment going forward. Hopefully Shaheen can have a little bit more uh, hands-on in that department to get a player that can help us with that. Yeah. And I mean, every time I look at our midfield, I, like, I think we should have better performances. Um, even like Sabitzer with just his experience or how long he's been around. And then like when mm-hmm. I see Brandt in there, I know like Oshan and Chan have been a little like unreliable, uh, sometimes but when i see our midfield like i think we should i always just think we're underperforming and that what that was what i think comes down to coaching and hopefully things can change because i think it should be able to click it's just a matter of actually getting there and I, like i said i think it is a coaching thing um because we've seen royce or not uh i mean royce has been pretty good he had some good moments in the uh the winter break also but like we've seen brant be brilliant and uh, he, I mean, this year, six goals, uh, seven assists, um, which isn't terrible, but like, no, that's know. great. Actually, it's <laughs> almost matching his stats from last year in a full season. And we're only yeah. just now entering the Rook Ronda. I, yeah. I forget where, where we are. I keep saying preseason. I'm all over the place. <laughs> uh, how far are we anyway? Yeah. That'd be great for preseason by the way. Um, yeah. but but yeah, like there's still just something, something's missing, right? Like we just still can't put it together. And I feel like we should, uh, we have seen really good performances from Royce, uh, coming off the bench at times. He did get a goal this match, but it's just like, it's just not clicking. And I don't always understand why. Yeah. And, and, um, Royce, of course, he doesn't have the legs to as for as brilliant of a player he is with his pressing. I mean, he's a master at it. If anyone's watched him whenever he did have the legs, but he's just not that player anymore. He's had to adjust his game a significant amount in the past, like almost three or four years now, really playing a bit more central. You mentioned Sabitzer. Yeah. I mean, he is, I think he is still a relatively underrated player, at least particularly in our fan base. I mean, he does have some good looks at goal whenever he does get higher up the pitch. I just think he looks a bit more comfortable almost as a number 10. And uh, which is interesting just because I feel, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like when he played, whenever he was at his lone spell at United, he was almost like a six or maybe an eight or at least a deep lying eight. But in my opinion, he just looks more comfortable higher up the field, getting more involved in attack rather than the the ball progression deep from, you know, in our buildup and uh, trying to just overcompensate and do a lot of that um, and try to fix those issues. Yeah, I think that's what you saw from him at like Leipzig and then kind of things changed at 
I mean, Byron, he didn't get a ton of time and mm -hmm. with, with that club who already has 10 set tens, it's like, how do you fit him in? And then obviously the United move. And I think also maybe that plays into him being underrated. People don't, people just don't rate him as much. I think it just comes from where he came from <laughs> Leipzig, Byron, <laughs> and no one likes United. So it's like, why would we want this guy? Right. Or Leipzig. So yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, you want to touch on attack too? I mean, we, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, those those starting minutes and us struggling in build up that pretty much carried over well into the second half as well. But I do want to touch on the goal we had in the first half, which solely comes from a JBG counterattack. I mean, just a phenomenal run, almost pretty deep in our own half, and taking it all the way up the field into or right at the top of the opposition's box, and a brilliantly weighted and timed pass for Brunt to finish off. That was like, I don't know. I feel like it was like Kaka-esque of JBG of just, you know, first of all, his like his header to bring the ball down and then to get around two of the um, Darmstadt, uh, you know, defenders and still just have the, you know, the silkiness to get around them and just the speed, of course, to, to pick, ev uh, pick everyone else up and push the ball up the field. It was just a, it was a phenomenal counterattack and all that comes down to him, but also a good finish from Brent. Um. Do you also, do you want to, I was just going to skip ahead and I want to talk about Makoko a little bit <laughs> and where, where does Makoko lie in the, the future of Dortmund? I, there was kind of some talk on move, maybe alone. Um, but I, I feel like this happens pretty frequently. Uh, Makoko <laughs> goes in. It's a tale as old as time. He does it. Almost older than our show at this point. I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even that old. He hasn't been around that long. Uh, no, he, he doesn't get chances. He might get a few minutes here and there. And then he just comes out and is like, why the hell aren't you playing me? Look what I can do. Which again, also not new, right? This, he's had that attitude and rightfully so trying to prove himself for a long time now, ever since he was 16 years old and making his debut, uh, for the team. But I can, I can understand wanting to put him on that loan initially, a few, maybe like a month or so ago, because, you know, Haller was getting minutes here and there. Maybe he was just building his fitness. And if that were the case, then Mukoko is now third choice. And Fulkrug just being in the locked in starter, he is. I just didn't see him getting many minutes, but it looks like Haller may just not potentially. I don't, I don't know. It just looks like he's not going to be back up to. A hundred percent fitness and strength for a long time, maybe ever. But of course, that's understandable given what happened to him. So yeah, I mean, Mukoko can definitely try to slip in there and and make his mark. He's a incredibly versatile, and yeah, what a great goal he had there at, towards the end. It, I'm glad he was able to lock down the win. Was that the third goal? No, yeah, I guess it was. I definitely yes, it was. skipped yeah. over the the big story. Uh, which we should probably talk about, which we already kind of hit on a little bit, but yeah, that was, that was a, a big moment too, especially to, to kill the game. Right. Right. Uh, right at the end. But yeah, let's, let's talk goal number two, rewind a little bit. Sancho and Royce linking up like, like no time has passed. Right. And you saw it in Royce's face the second that ball went in the net, how happy he was. And Royce has said too, since Sancho's arrival, just for the past week, how happy he is to have him back and how well they play together for, any of you listening that didn't have the chance to see them link up in Sancho's first spell, it was it was beautiful to watch. They have great chemistry. Uh, Sancho came on in what just a few minutes right before the hour mark, and you could see right off the bat, lively and confident. That's the two things I have here. 
course, he got an assist, but he was involved in a handful of really good attacks. I mean, of course, and I mentioned this already too, his fitness and his sharpness are things he absolutely needs to improve on and he will build on the next few weeks. That just comes with more game time. But you saw, again, his confidence in those just opening minutes of him getting on the field. He wants to take people on still. He He's driving the ball forward whenever he gets it. He dropped a bit deeper at times too. I don't know if that was a personal decision or a coaching thing, but he found himself also in acres of space on that right-hand side. I mean, I, I think you can probably attribute that to Darmstadt just being not that talented and uh, maybe, I don't know, tactically competent to try to mark him. But he was finding, and, and that's what he did though, even in his first spell too. He was a wide player who found a lot of space on the wings and um, could you know, do whatever with the ball really once he got it at his feet. But he helped us utilize that width, which again, I mentioned before, we need to spread the pitch a bit more. We only had one switch of play in this game. And whenever he did make himself that option out wide, like if towards the end of the game, I forget what minute it was, you had Motson switching the ball over the, uh, switching the play. And it was that instance. And we got out of pressure. Which, I mean, just really helps because we are, again, we're pretty unidealistic whenever we are in buildup against a team that wants to man mark us. I mean, Darmstadt had more tackles and interceptions from in this game than Dortmund, mostly coming from uh, Holland on Darmstadt and their midfield. And uh, some other defensive players as well had a few tackles and interceptions, but that just came from us just not having an answer how to break them down, even in like the middle third. Yeah. And I, I wanted to hit on, I know we, we, kind of bouncing a little all over the place when it comes to specifically right. we're just as rusty Ma- it's all right Matson and, and sancho though that i think that's where because i want to wanted to preface with their loan deals now we talk about the match and going back and forth and you you mentioned this switch uh that he had out to sancho for that which is just it's so that's what you love to see in january right like you love to see your your signings uh just make an immediate impact and I mean, we already touched on on Matson playing 90 minutes, but just his his specific stats: uh, 7.4 rating, um, 94% accurate passes uh, with 45 uh, in total, uh, two chances created, one big chance, um, 71 touches. I'm not going to go through them all, but like that, the passing rate, great. I thought he looked really good in those like tight spaces. He was able to like work the ball around, not panic. Like as he's he's 21 years old, and I feel like he played. The plays with a lot of composure like he wasn't getting minutes at Chelsea but this is a player who he, he played at Burnley um, who is a very uh, dominant possessive team in the championship um, and and I think played with that kind of like pressure too, being able to work through and like you get that composure when you you're in this like possession team right because you want to maintain control and pass around. And I, I think we, we kind of saw what he can do in the fact that he's 21, even though he's not our, our player hundred percent locked in for next season. Uh, I liked what he's, what I saw specifically from him. Um, and then, yeah, it's switching out to, to Sancho just makes it like the icing on top too. Right. They, I can't remember if he had more crosses than this, but the cross Monson had to Brandt, which of course didn't go in, but it was still, it was still a beautiful cross. And that's something that we've been really needing in this team as well. I mean, We've, went, we've talked about it before for a team that has a lot of long balls, a lot of crosses, but they don't really go anywhere or to anyone and they seem pretty ineffective. And I think it can really help in that department too. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really excited and then just imagining Sancho in a few weeks whenever he is back up to full fitness and sharpness because he did on those attacks that, you know, we looked 
like we could score. He did make the wrong decision at least twice, if I'm not wrong. But of course, that's to be expected when you aren't in a team environment, let alone at this kind of level for such a long time now. But we're just going to continue working him in. And the fact that he got a goal contribution in a matter of, what, 20 minutes of him coming on? I think he played, yeah, 35 minutes, which also like speaks to... To, to play it like that, that's quite a few minutes on the pitch too, right? Like it to, is, yeah. To go from not playing or hardly like not not even training in like a first team environment to be able to come on and, and put on a thirty five minute display, get a goal contribution. Like it's really exciting to see like where he can go from this. And like I know like he's probably playing with a lot of excitement too. Maybe like adrenaline helped a lot. And can you just imagine like next match like in front of the yellow wall and like yep, at the, yep i can at home like it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy and and then he can just continue to build and it, it's exciting the only downside now now that we've seen him contribute and i kind of touched on a little bit earlier is like ah, what if we just lose him at the end of the season it's gonna be a bummer yeah who knows again it, it, there's a long way to may so i have no idea what's gonna happen but i'm imagining well at, at least I will try for both. I'm imagining us getting the signing of the signature of one of those two players, but yeah, either way, I mean, both Sancho and Matson have been huge and we've been needing help in this department for a while. Now we talked about, you know, just needing more fullbacks specifically left back um, that Benzabini is gone, but yeah, I'm, it's not a great performance by any means. I thought it was actually pretty dismal, but the last 12, 15 minutes really picked things up kind of uh, threw it back in my face with my tweets too. I, I was feeling pretty pessimistic, but at the same time that if it weren't for Coble's outstanding save, which I haven't mentioned yet, forget what minute that was. It might've just been right at the hour mark, give or take a few minutes, but it was a clear and open header for Dardstep. It was a, it was a little redirection from, I have no idea who it was on their team I, off the top of my head, but it went across the six yard box and Coble just by the, miracle of god had a just a brilliant reflex again uncanny to get his foot there and and block the shot or else again could have been a very different results or at the very least a different you know feel to that game one one with only a half hour left you know how tears it can get thankfully he made subs pretty early on which we mentioned already central getting 35 minutes but in games like that you know we've seen in the past where a team can claw a goal back and when we're only up like one nail then it's one one and then we're just holding on for dear life against a team that we're clearly better than for the last 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. And with that, talking about teams we're clearly better than and we should should be beating. Do you want to get into I hope, I hope Jake, 50 plus down is not listening to this episode. Sorry. No, he's <laughs> going to throw it right back in our face. Do you want to preview Cole <laughs> when we lose? <laughs> yeah, so we have FC Cole this Saturday. We are away this time against a team that we just barely scraped by with the 93rd or 92nd minute winner from Malin on the first match day of the season. Uh, Cologne, of course, have parted ways with Stefan Baumgart uh, during the winter break. I have not seen much of them under their new manager. They are who was appointed just a few days ago, if I'm not wrong, Timo Schultz, who initially has a stint at St. Pauli from uh, also Basel or Basel, excuse me, I said Basel, Basel and um, in Switzerland. And of course you can watch the game with us. If you want this Saturday on Twitch and or YouTube, we're going to be doing a watch along with Jake from 50 plus Dunner, who's a Twitch streamer. 
He's great. He is not an FC Cohen fan. He's an unbiased, just general Bundesliga fan. I can surely attest to that. Uh, but either way, it'll be a fun watch. And I'm hoping we can get a, a win and continue to build on the form. Yeah, I, I mean, as stated before, uh, looking at a team who is second from bottom at the Bundesliga and right. looking at, at at the club we are in all our shame, shambolic nature, uh, again, I, I say I feel like I've said it so many times this year, but these are the teams we need to be beating. These are the teams, like, without question, we will beat. We need to beat if we want to be taken seriously, if we want to be a a top club. like Because we... <laughs> We're still got a lot of ground to make up 15 um, points behind Leverkusen in first place. We're only three points off the top four, which is nice. Leipzig dropped some points over the weekend. So we are right there. And and I think the absolute bare minimum should be finishing above Leipzig. And we, I mean, we are also better than Stuttgart as well. And cold. And you would like to thank a lot of other people. Right. Um, but yeah, the match is... Oh, well, I guess before... Do, I mean, you, you got predictions for this match? How do you think it's going? This one is on the road again. I didn't realize that. Man, You're so right, we, we right, don't get yep. Sancho at home, like I mistakenly said earlier. Oh, yeah. yeah. I also agreed with you knowing that we are away too. I don't know why I didn't uh, notice that earlier. But I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-1 us. Who scores? I've never asked for a who scores prediction, so I'm asking. I'm going to say... Sp- is it crazy to say Sancho nets one? That's what I was. And I'm either going to go JBG or full crook for the other one. Yeah. I, uh, I think, I think I'm going to go two Oh, I say another clean sheet and Cobalt really, deserves that. I hope so. Really get my optimism going, uh, two Oh. Yeah. Sancho. And I think full crew will get one. Um, yeah. And then uh, other, so do you think Sancho starts? Or maybe they save that. I do. Maybe you give him another. You think he starts this weekend? You think he's I do? Ready? I do think he does start. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think he, again, thirty-five minutes was a lot, and he did pretty well there. And the only way you were going to get him back to that match fitness is to play him. And we only have a few months with him, so I think we got to make the most of it. Uh, again, and he, and he looked pretty fit for the most part. Again, not. 100%, but hopefully with this week's training and everything and him getting some minutes over the weekend, he can be ready for, I'm not even saying 90 minutes, maybe start him and then run 55, 60 or 55 minute mark to an hour, you can make some changes. But I'm just imagining him and JBG linking up to try to set up full Krug or just each other. And I think that is very sexy. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, if he comes in for Mullen probably because I would, I yeah, I, JBG hasn't done anything to deserve to lose this spot um so yeah I, I don't i don't think he starts i think maybe they he comes on maybe 55 60th again uh like last match and then i think they start him on the uh, 28th is the first home match back it's not a bad shout yeah i could see either one happening yeah so uh but yeah Coln uh, or dortmund at Coln this saturday january 20th uh 10.30 Eastern time, and then just be watching our social channels for the, the live streaming info. Because like we said, Carver is going to be... I will not be able to attend the live stream, uh, sadly. I will be busy. But Carver and Jake from 50 Plus Donor uh, will be doing that live stream uh, for the match. So make sure you, you tune in and join, and we'll we'll have all the info on our, our socials. So be watching out for that. Uh, if you don't already, you can follow us 
uh, at the BVB pod on Twitter, X, Instagram, and threads. There was one week where I tried to do a little more threading and then I just forgot. So I don't know. But um, man, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. Um, and we haven't we haven't talked about it in a while because we haven't talked in a while, Carver, but I'm just gonna throw it out here and we'll we'll get it figured out. We have a Discord now. So if you because we we always push social, uh, if you want to connect there and we know not everyone uh, is involved on social media, and that's completely fine, especially with the, the way the Twitter world is going. It's a, it's, it's hell, it's chaos and it's not always that fun. So, um, this is a really good way for you guys to connect with us a little more directly. Uh, and we talk about a lot. We preach a lot about finding fellow Dortmund fans, especially people to watch matches with. Um, and maybe you can't watch matches with in person, but this is a really good way to connect with other Dortmund fans, uh, is get in on our, our discord channel. Um, you can, interact a little better with the show because you'll be able to dive in, uh, find out when episodes are posted, send in like questions for episodes and chat along. And then we'll, you can kind of chat through matches. And I don't know if you use discord, you know how it works. So you can get in there and, and please send in, uh, we'll be taking some suggestions too on how uh, we can change up the channel or what different channels and, and feeds we can add in there. But if you uh, connect with us on the discord server server, that'd be awesome. And we'll have a link in the description of this episode, and we'll probably tweet that out too. Uh, are you cool with that, Carver? Because it's the first time we actually talked about it in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. We've we've had it up and not running. We've had it up and live um, for a bit, but yeah, we, we're excited to get you guys in there. Um, and and this, well, maybe we'll we're just going to announce it on this episode first uh, before we put it on social, so it'll be a little more exclusive. So if you're listening to this episode, go get on our Discord, uh, chime in, and say hi. And yeah, we'll, we'll continue or we'll start building the community and extending it there, uh, which would be awesome. So again, the link to Discord uh, is in the description of this episode. Also, if you haven't used Discord before, I think the best way to describe it is just like a big old group chat that's has little different sections to talk uh, some specifics, like match day specifics. And we haven't, again, we want your suggestions in, on how we should build this out, but it's basically like a glorified intricate group chat um and a great way to connect with people so hit us up on discord i've been talking about a lot (laughs) and i mean that's it that's it for the episode it's it's been good it's good to get back i'm excited to get back into the routine of just uh watching dortmund again and 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 talking dortmund so yeah good same and uh yeah we'll, we'll see you guys later well we'll see you guys carver we'll see you saturday for the live stream cool